Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Thursday, September 7th, L.A. Galaxy getting ready to take on St. Louis City on Sunday. That's one of those game-in-hand games. Very important for the LA Galaxy. Could close the gap considerably on making that playoff line. We have a lot of stats coming your way. We're going to talk about Efrain Alvarez and his uh, eminent transfer to Zolos. Uh, we're going to talk about Dayon Jovalich. We've got a bunch of stuff to get you ready for before we even get to the St. Louis game. So we've got a lot of stuff to get to, including being joined by a uh, new LA Galaxy president. We'll figure out the exact title for business operations and all that fun stuff. Tom Braun should be about oh seven minutes away. So we got a lot to get to, a lot of fun things to talk about. Helping me do all that, we're glad to have him back. It's Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira. Eric, how's it going, bud? It's going all right. We're, we've extended the unbeaten streak and we're still in 13th place. Yes. So it, how, how does this keep happening? I, how do they keep getting away with this? We keep doing better, putting in good performances, right, right. and we're still in 13th still place. In 13. I, don't, I, I don't know what to do with myself. I, I was. I, I mentioned on Monday that I talked to somebody who was within the organization, and they were laughing because they were listening to to what they and weren't laughing so much. They were laughing at how I I sort of put it, which was the exact same thing. Which was yeah. how bad were the Galaxy to start the season? They they have to. It's like they're climbing out of this hole, and and the hole is so deep that they've been climbing up. They've been doing a really good job climbing out. Like one yeah. of the hottest teams in Major League Soccer. We've talked about that a bunch. One of the hottest teams in Major League Soccer still in thirteenth place. You know, twenty Crazy. points since uh, since the. Uh, and it might be even more now. It might be, I think it's 21 points, 21 points since uh, Chris Klein was was uh, relieved of his duties. And the LA Galaxy are still in 13th place because they had like, you know, nine points or eight points before that. They're at 29 points now. Right. So all these things sort of uh, coming. Yeah, it's a it's a long way. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Hanging in there. It's hot. Still getting excessive heat warnings in these parts. How, how's the weather in your neck of the woods? It, it, we're, it's supposed to get warm again over the weekend and that type of thing. So Sunday actually will probably be really nice. You know how it is in, in Carson, yeah, like it, in the in the evenings at five. It's like that's, it's, maybe it starts at 78, 80. But, yeah. you know, by the time kickoff comes around, it's 75 and it's nice. One of those summer nights, that I'm, type of thing. Yeah, I'm telling you, I missed that because it dropped to like 91. And we we're like, man, this is brisk. It's cold in here. 91. What's that like? So uh, definitely having uh, feelings missing 
Southern California this time of year. Well, uh, let's get to the LA Galaxy here because we don't have a ton of time before we're joined by Tom Braun. Uh, LA Galaxy announced on Wednesday uh, the sort of reorganization, something that I think we have looked at and sort of said this might be a solution for the LA Galaxy. Uh, the uh, official announcement came, basically AEG uh, moved uh, Tom Braun, who had one of the longest uh, titles ever as a senior vice president. Uh, I actually wrote it down. I still have it here just so I can ask him about it whenever it comes on. Now he gets a, a one that I think I can produce. He's a, he's promoted to president of business operations and chief operating officer. Uh, you have, uh, I think it's Aurel, Aurel Martinez, uh, or it's Urel Martinez. Sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, chief revenue officer, right? And then Will Misselbrook, we've talked about chief creative and brand officer. So that is your new LA Galaxy executive leadership team. Now, the important thing to note here is it says president of business operations. And so if we go over to the soccer operations, the person who's still in charge of that right now is Greg Vanny, head coach and sporting director for the LA Galaxy, right? So we're looking at the pyramid. We're understanding where everybody falls, right? It's basically Tom Braun um, and then it's Greg Vanny and they're at the same level and they both report directly to Dan Beckerman. So in a way, uh, as we were sort of predicting, Greg Vanny is very much a co-president in this being he's at the same level as Tom Braun. He may not get the president moniker on that, but in terms of his decision making and things that happen on the soccer operations side of things, that is where the, the LA Galaxy and AEG have sort of put everything. Is it... Is it, I see a lot of people who are like, well, where does this put this person? Where did, Everything really stayed the same. I don't think there's really this whole giant movement that everybody thinks there is. Is it confusing, though, just on its face because they're splitting the two, Eric? I think as much as we've been talking about the situation, uh, you know, given the, the issues that have been uh, popping up over the last couple of seasons, it, it's not confusing to me because we were saying having it all fall on one person almost felt like too much. We were kind of almost calling for the delineation of responsibility. You know, does, you know, people who are being hailed for their business acumen and what they're able to bring in in terms of sponsorships uh, and then that kind of, you know, flip-flopping and going back and forth with the player personnel side. So it almost makes it makes more sense to me to have, you have a business side president right. and then you have a soccer side president and it makes sense that the coaches involve that. And I think that makes a pretty clear delineation. At the end of the day, you still need someone who's the president who's going to be making those decisions as chief, chief operating officer, COO. And I think Tom Braun lands there. So it's funny, you mentioned Vanny and, and Braun kind of equal, but I think Braun probably has you know, if he's on his tiptoes, probably one more step above that with the actual president in his title. I right. think that that gives a, a delineation that he is, you know, the the top of the food chain. But I think the fact that it's specifically business operations and then you have all the player personnel piece, I think that's a good thing. That's what we want, right? We want to be able to, you know, figure out who, who's taking care of the business side because maybe you don't always have that best match. The, you know, maybe it's not the person can do both. You know, what is it? A uh, master of none. You know, you want to make sure that right. the person is really good at their lane and able to handle that. And then you leave, you know, hire the best people, surround yourself with the best people to get yourself in a good situation. So uh, to me, it makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with kind of the way they explained it and the way it's set up, which you, you've kind of mentioned it. I don't know that much has changed uh, given the dismissal. I think, you know, there, there wasn't necessarily new blood that came in. Yeah, if it, and and there isn't right, and that's probably one of the biggest yeah. criticisms. We can ask Tom about that. Uh, Andrew, by the way, gave us a five dollars super chat. Said they mentioned in the supporter meeting that they are going back to the way they did things when they were successful, right? So the LA Galaxy. Now, Bruce, whenever he was successful, 
we, we talk about this all the time, but Bruce really did have a hand in everything, right? So you're talking about a guy who, who constantly, even on business side, even on sporting side, however he was, Bruce was always around. He was, even if he didn't make the decision, he knew the decision was being made and, you know, he trusted the person to do that. Uh, my friend uh, Chris Tucker uh, talks about how Bruce once came out and timed the smoke uh, to see how fast the smoke yeah. would dissipate <laughs> over at uh, LA Riot Squad. And Bruce was out there with a stopwatch. Just in case you didn't think Bruce had his fingers and everything, he was the one who was out there with a the stopwatch. Tar- started this stopwatch, the smoke went off, stopped the stopwatch, looked at it, turned around and walked back in. That was it. That was that was, that was was classic uh, uh, Bruce Arena. Interesting stuff going on with Bruce, too. So we'll, uh, we'll figure out all that stuff whenever that breaks, too. Um, all right. I'm going to attempt very carefully here to... Uh, Are you going to push the right I, buttons? Well, see, you, you have to hit the right <laughs> button. Um, and then once you hit the right button, you have to hit the other button. So, uh, if I did all of that correctly, I believe now joining us is, uh, the LA galaxy's new, uh, president of business operations and the CEO, uh, Mr. Tom Braun. Tom, are you there? Oh, for having me. Oh, there we say, say that again. Do your, do your intro again, Tom. I hit the mute button. I almost got all the buttons right. Okay. Almost got it. Hey guys. Uh, good to connect. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, Tom, this is a return to the podcast. You and I had a uh, had a little chat uh, whenever you were out dedicating the the fields. I think it was it out in uh, Torrance or, or I can't remember exactly where it was, but we did a, a live podcast out there and, and you came on the show. Yeah, we did. It was Torrance. It was just uh, it was LA Galaxy uh, Sports Park over in uh, across the street from LA Galaxy Soccer Center. So good to be back. Yeah, we're, we're, we're glad to have you. Well, congratulations. Um, you know, I know it's probably been a pretty big week for you. I imagine that this wasn't uh, a surprise whenever they made the announcement. So uh, so you've probably been settling in for a little while. But, um, you know, I, I'd love to ha- hear your thoughts just on on sort of what it means to be in this position now. You're, you're now the president of business operations for the LA Galaxy and, and maybe a little bit about your journey to get here. Yeah, it's an honor. It's uh, it's an honor to be a part of this club. It's an honor to be a part of this company and with this team. Um, I'm very, very privileged uh, to be here and, and very thankful. And uh, I've got a great team around me. So uh, it's been quite a journey. Uh, I've been with the club or with AEG about 10 years now, uh, uh, mostly in, in business operations roles, but uh, I've done quite a bit in, in data and analytics and finance. And uh, so, yeah, no, 10 years and, and happy to be here. Very honored. Yeah, I know a lot of people have spoken very highly of you. Uh, like I said, we've had the pleasure of meeting and I only have nice things to say. Um, I'd love to to sort of pick your, your brain a little bit. Obviously, this is a change in terms of splitting things, right? And having the business operation side and having the soccer operation side. Why this split and why do you think there's a benefit to it? Yeah, it's it's not new to us. We've had this split before. We we've had it back when when Bruce Arena was here. So it's it's nothing new to us, and, and we're used to it. And I think it's an important split. I mean, it takes a a certain type of individual who who has the uh, the knowledge and, and the know how to to manage both of them. And it's a pretty unique responsibility. It's it's a, a really heavy lift and a really heavy responsibility. So um, we think it's the right move. And and separating it with Craig Vanny overseeing the soccer operations and myself overseeing the business operations and, you know, really collaborating and making sure we're doing everything we can to to push this club to, to new levels. Uh, my, my big question about all that is it sounds great, you know, very, very collaborative and everybody's working together. Uh, eventually, and, and sometime I would imagine in the near future, there comes a decision that affects both sides of this, right? Because it, it's very difficult to just keep a straight line and you can't just paint a white line down the middle of the room and be like, that's your side, that's my side. Eventually there comes decisions, maybe on big players, how it affects business, how it affects operations. Maybe there's a difference of opinion. How did the disputes get resolved there? I, I doubt you guys are playing rock, paper, scissors. No, not playing rock, paper, scissors. I think 
the way that my role plays into it is uh, I can deliver the information to to the individuals who uh, are trying to make player decisions. And uh, my job is not to make player decisions uh, in any way, but if there's uh, an overlap, and, and I think kind of what you're getting at is there's an overlap when it comes to finance, for example, and then understanding just how you know player uh, acquisitions, big-time player acquisitions, designated players could impact budgets. Uh, so our responsibility on the business side is uh, at least through finance and um, is really to deliver the information back for, for Greg and uh, his team to make uh, intelligent decisions uh, on who they're acquiring. Hi, Tom. This is Eric Vieira here. So uh, first hey, off, I want to congratulate you on your, your new role in the organization. And, uh, hey, thank I just you. Kinda, Appreciate it. Yeah, just, I kind of want to address the elephant in the room. Given the start of the season and there appearing to be a little bit of a loss of trust from the fan base with their disappointment in the front office, what plans or vision do you have in place from the business side uh, on how you can mend some of those relationships with the fan base moving forward? Yeah, I, I think it starts with our leadership team. I think we have a really, really strong leadership team uh, with Uriel Martinez, he's our, our new chief revenue officer, him working alongside of uh, AG Global Partnerships and, and Karen Goodhart and Josh Bayou, to pushing that team forward, I, I think is a really important part of it. Will Misselbrook coming up with uh, new creative brand strategies for us and really leaning into how we're delivering our content to our fans. Uh, I think these individuals, along with Katie, who runs our building uh, as a general manager at Dean Hill Sports Park, uh, we're really motivated to, to deliver the best fan experience uh, to our fans, right? We, we understand that uh, everybody has limited discretionary spending. We want them to enjoy their experience with us, right? They want to come to a game. We want them to come back to more games. We want to have such a good time and their experience to be so good that uh, they want to be with us, right? So we understand and don't take that for granted. And, and oftentimes it's, it's through the fan experience. Oftentimes it's through uh, exciting soccer. So uh, we kind of look, look at it holistically and, and we make really good decisions or attempting to make really good decisions by, um, you know, seeing what our fans are interested in, listening to them and delivering back to them what, what we think they want and what we know they want through, through some of our education and experience. You know, Tom, one of the the big complaints I hear a lot, obviously, is is, is about the season ticket memberships and, and maybe how they've lost some of their value in, in terms of what resale is going for, what season ticket memberships yeah. are going for. How, how do you address that? Because under the previous administration, yeah. it used to be, hey, your seat is your benefit. Um, and, and I always thought that was maybe um, I understood where it was coming from, but it, it seemed like that wasn't the full story. Yeah, and, and maybe I, I neglected to mention one thing that uh, on the, the last point is we also just launched the fan council, which I think is a really important thing to touch on for us, listening to our fans uh, through our fan council. I believe we have about 15 fans that are going to be selected. And we've had we've had hundreds of fans reach out to us with interest of being on the fan council. And um, I think it's going to be a really, really unique way for us. I think it's one of the first in sports or how we're doing is a bit unique from what other teams are doing. And so I think that's another way to do it. Um, uh, and touching on your other question, um, Remind me, Josh. Maybe tell me that one more time. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, the the season ticket memberships, right? And and yeah, the, and the yeah, cost benefits. of how much. Yeah. yeah, and what the benefits yeah, yeah, are benefits. and all that stuff. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't. I don't think. Uh, no, your seat's not your benefit, right? There's a whole list of benefits that we offer to our fans. We understand the value of a season ticket member and, and what what they mean to us, what they mean to the atmosphere and the overall experience of at the stadium. And there's a whole list of, of benefits that come with with being a season ticket member from Apple MLS season pass, the team store discounts concession store uh, stand discounts, uh, our, our program where we provide seats to away games. So uh, I think our benefits uh, are as competitive, if not more competitive than anything you're going to get in the market uh, with any other team. 
um, if you were to be a season ticket member. Yeah, does I mean obviously this is more a sporting side thing, but um, you know eventually I guess the hope would be that the Galaxy are more competitive and therefore drawing a higher price and therefore the season ticket memberships are are, are more valuable on on that alone because I know there's a lot of a lot of coupons you guys run a lot of little different things that go out there that that really do seem to feel like they're undercutting a lot of the season ticket members. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's there's any intention of undercutting season ticket members and. Um, our number one priority, uh, myself and along with our team, is we need to fill the building every single game. We need to make sure that building is full with as many fans as possible because that's going to have the real impact on not only their experience but but also the impact on the, the team on the field. We want our guys playing in front of uh, a sold-out building every single game. So coming into this, uh, our leadership group is, is fully focused on whatever it's going to take to make sure that uh, that building is full as much as possible every game. Yeah, you, you mentioned that. I think that's kind of where there is that crossover and how the business operations can affect um, the on-field on product. So what opportunities do you see on the business side that maybe the Galaxy haven't done in the past that you see as an opportunity where maybe they can uh, positively impact the product that's on the field or the business in general? Yeah, um, I think a lot of things we can we can revisit and, and things we're looking towards. We we look towards opportunities upgrading our stadium and and how can we deliver uh, a meaningful experience. Our, our stadium is 20 years old. Uh, understandable that that's not that old, but in stadium years it, it is a bit old, right? And there's areas that we need to improve upon. So we're actively analyzing every every aspect of our building and understanding you know where do we need to improve upon. Uh, to make sure that we're delivering. So that's one area, I think. And, and for us, too, uh, we're trying to develop innovative strategies through uh, on the business side and enhancing our data and analytics strategy and um, how can we tap into different audiences that we maybe didn't tap into before. But it all comes down to uh, getting the fans in the building, giving them a good experience, and really servicing them so they want to come back. Yeah, it, it certainly seems like that's that's one of the big things. I was going to ask you about stadium upgrades and and everything else. You are in a in a super competitive market in terms of all the new soccer specific stadiums that are opening up. Every time a new one opens up, you guys are put under pressure. I know that there's been big investment throughout the the life of Dignity Health Sports Park, but what are some of the things you see coming down the lane that that are going to be important to that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Our building's 20 years old. Uh, I would still put our building up against many buildings, if not all the buildings in the league. I, I love our building. I think Daniel Sports Park is a special, special stadium and uh, a special place to play soccer and be a part of. Uh, we're evaluating. Uh, we're seeing what makes sense. So we just rolled out Galaxy Park. I know that that's not necessarily a game day experience, but it, it is a game day experience in some ways where we're activated, where the fans can come and they can, uh, they can be a part of it pregame. Um, I think that was a really unique and uh, way to expand our, our footprint, so to speak, in, in the community. Uh, so that's one way we looked at it, but we're looking at other ways. Uh, I think our premium could use an upgrade in certain areas. Uh, it's been a little while since we've invested in it. So uh, we're taking a look, we're analyzing it, and hopefully that we can come back soon with, with a, a real built-out plan that uh, we can get some buy-in. Perfect. Uh, another, so outside of, you know, the building and I, it is, I think the chat is pretty excited about, you know, the fact that em emphasizing the stadium and upgrades uh, is something that's exciting, but something maybe outside of that. You were credited in, in the press release to designing and launching the Coachella Valley Invitational. We've heard the possibility of expanding that and possibly adding other forms of entertainment into the mix. How much of that is a reality and uh, something like that um, what, what are the plans for that moving forward? Because that's something that had a lot of positive uh, buzz, you know, in the preseason. So is that something uh, that you guys are looking into kind of expanding that that particular yeah. uh, Coachella Valley Invitational? 
Yeah, so we, we had, a, I believe, 12 teams last year, 12 MLS teams in our second year, which, which I'm really proud of. It's, it's something that our company uh, owns and operates about 1,000 acres of grassland in Coachella Valley. Same footprint as the Coachella Music and Arts Festival, uh, Stagecoach, uh, big festivals. And it wasn't too long ago that you know we came up with this idea of why can't we create a, a MLS preseason in the desert? It's, it's February. It's uh, vacation location. Um, and it's uh, temperatures great, so you get a lot of cold weather teams looking to train. And every single year, we get inbounds looking for field space in, in games. So we thought, how can we make this turnkey? How can we deliver an experience to not only the teams, but can we do it in a way that fans uh, would really be interested in, in going to it? So we launched it in the first year. I think we had five or six teams. Uh, it turned out to be really successful uh, on a on a team side. Uh, weren't able to open up the fans because of at that point COVID was was a little bit um, back and forth. But opening it up this past year had I believe 12 teams, and and we are launching it and, and rolling it out again next year with hopefully expanded into more teams. So we're in the process of of having those conversations with the teams, locking them in, and, and moving forward. So hopefully in the next uh, couple months we can roll out uh, some more information, a schedule. Uh, but it is uh, absolutely full steam ahead with with Coachella Valley Invitational. Yeah, I was going to say, how much money do you have to pay if you want to call it Golchella, though? I, that's yeah. we're, we're sitting <laughs> on a gold mine. I, I feel, I feel, yeah. like, I, I know the, I know the, I know all the behind the scenes on that. I know we're not allowed to call yeah. it that, but at the same time, it feels like it feels like that would be an obvious move if if if, yeah. if it was me. So. <laughs> It's it's a good name. It's a good name. I'll give you that. It's a good name. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two more things, and and one of the things you know, uh, fans are always talking about concession prices, especially beer prices. I know it's uh, often um, a, a very good PR move whenever the beer prices come down at uh, at, at games. Uh, what can you guys do for this? Uh, the the concession prices seem like they shoot up every single year. You can be a season ticket member. You get a fifteen percent discount uh, on concessions if you're a season ticket member. Always be selling. I know. I, I know how that works. No, no, absolutely. But I mean, it, it is it's expensive to go to games, is it not? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think compared to the other stadiums in 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 L.A., I think we are uh, moderately priced. Right. Right. OK. Um, and then, uh, you know, sort of looking at everything. I know uh, I know Eric sort of asked, you know, like from the business side, I think what what's the thing that you want to do from the business side? What's your what's your biggest goal for this? I mean, you're pretty soon uh, coming up on Sunday. You get to walk around and be president of the L.A. Galaxy on a, on a game day. So you get to shake hands and kiss uh, babies, um, do all that fun stuff. So so what is it specifically that that you're excited about, uh, you know, trying to trying to tackle from that position? It's a, it's a special place to be. It's a special position. It's a special team. Uh, there's a lot of weight that comes with it, right? There's, a, there's an obligation. Our, our team understands that. And they know the importance of, of what we are able to do and what we're capable of being the LA Galaxy. We don't take that lightly. Uh, our team's going to hustle. We're going to work hard. Uh, and we're going to do everything in our power to deliver. And I know uh, I can speak for Greg and, and his technical team. They're going to do the same thing. So I guess what I what I want to relay to the group and, and to the listeners is, is we're here. We're going to bust our butts and we're going to we're going to do a really good job working hard for you guys. So uh, we want a team and a, and a business that that our fans are proud of and, and continue to be proud of. So uh, that's what I'm I'm most excited about is is really working hard, getting to work and uh, delivering at a high level for, for all of our fans. Well, Tom, we want to appreciate you coming on. We certainly appreciate it. But let, I want you to know, this forum is open to you whenever you'd like. Call in whenever you want. We're always happy to have you. You're always a welcome guest. So uh, good luck on the, on the new position and, uh, and getting things turned around, and I'm sure we'll see you out at the stadium on Sunday. 
Great. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. There you go. There appreciate goes the time, Tom. There goes Tom Braun, uh, new uh, new uh, president of business operations. It's going to be tough. I'm. Not, it's it's difficult because there's like an LA Galaxy president, and you're used to saying that. But this is like president of business ops because now we have to be, you know, divided in some things. Um, yeah. I mean, there you go. I listen. I I've been doing this long enough. Uh, I, you know, I know, I know what generally to expect from people. Uh, and like I said, I really like Tom. Uh, I would, uh, I would say that there's going to be criticism lobbed his way as there always is, especially coming in from a, uh, from a, a regime that got caught cheating, right. And that yeah. there were suspensions in there and that type of thing. And it's his job on the business side to, to put some things together. And from everything I've seen, this isn't, you know, and, and I hate to even make the comparison because I think sometimes it's unfair, but this isn't Chris Klein. Chris Klein didn't have a background in business, didn't have an MBA from USC, didn't have the sports background, didn't have, you know, the time at AEG, didn't have some of those things that Tom does. And so I would say from the academic or the, uh, the experience wise, uh, Tom seems like a, a good candidate for that. Um, you know, that being said, I think you and I were talking about beforehand, it's they promoted everybody within, right? So it's the same ideas from within the organization. Now, Will uh, Misselbrook is, is from outside the organization. He came in. And so that's a that's a new voice. But everybody else who's in there is sort of the, the same. So I we said it before he came on. I just wonder how much things are really going to change because it feels like and, and Tom even mentioned this. It feels like we're going back to what we were doing with Bruce and the whole way things were sort of organized and, and, and that way. But um I just I just wonder what's really going to change because while I feel this is a nice like warm sweater, it's like, oh, that's Mm -hmm. comfortable. And oh, look, it's you know, it feels good. And, you know, it's it's something you've worn before and it feels good to, to say that. I wonder what the results are going to be. I mean, big questions. And I know the chat room's asking about herbal life yeah. and everything else like that. You know, those questions are coming. You'll be able to, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to ask that uh, of Tom whenever, uh, whenever he gets a chance at town halls and all sorts of stuff. Um, but you know, bottom line is from a business side, and we've always argued this, Eric, the, the herbal life sponsorship has been good to the LA galaxy <laughs> in terms business. of the amount of money. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of the, the paradox in, in the situation of being, you know, quote unquote, good on the business side is that sometimes that's not always, uh, you know, <laughs> at, the, at the benefit of the consumer. And that's kind of the unique thing about, you know, being part of a soccer club and having a fan base because it's, 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 they don't necessarily go hand in hand all the time. You know, the, the question about concessions, I, I agree with what he's saying compared to, you know, a Dodger stadium to the Coliseum to, uh, you know, crypto.com or, you know, Staples Center. Mm-hmm. The Galaxy Stadium is moderately priced. It is. It is I not, went. I went to yeah. SoFi for Taylor Swift uh, and and the the two beers. Uh, well, excuse me, the one beer, two waters, and one like can of wine. Of course, can of wine. Of course, yeah, um, was like seventy five dollars. Yeah, it's crazy. So, it's a, yes. And so it's one of those things like you may not like that answer, but that doesn't make it untrue. Right. And so that's kind of the, the the tough dance that you have to do and why it's a difficult position uh, to be in. But to your point, going back to previous people who were in the regime before, you know, we talk about the separation of duties. You want a person who is not uh, a former player necessarily, you know, running the, the business side. You want someone who has a business background and a business education. And you, people can say it feels like more of the same, but you also have to think that AEG, bigger umbrella, someone who's been with the company and knows, you think of how overarching AEG is and having someone within that organization and all the different 
you know, pieces that it touches. It's not necessarily a bad thing to have someone who is familiar with the organization, knows all the little ins and outs and different, uh, you know, programs that you can bring in. I, there's a reason I brought up the Coachella Valley Invitational. That's something that if you're not connected to AEG, probably doesn't enter your mind because music festivals, what what other soccer clubs in MLS are thinking about a music festival style setup or have the resources to do that? Sometimes you need someone who knows different parts of the business, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. To the point of going back to the way things were, I, I, I'm going to speak out of both sides of my mouth because that's yes. my favorite thing to yes. do, yes. is um, the way things are going right now are not working. So trying to do the way that getting things back to the way they were before is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. But the other side of it, you do want to see what's the innovation? What's the next thing? Are, are we leading the charge and what's going to be the next best thing, the next best fan experience, what's going to be, you know, leading the, the, you know, the innovation space, how are the galaxy going to be in front of that as opposed to going back? Cause we, we've heard it, it kind of gets tired, five championships, you know, uh, you're right. going back, like sitting back on that isn't necessarily a good thing. Although I think the situation that the galaxy have been in the last two or three years, trying to go back and kind of right the ship before you start putting all the engines and uh, modifying your vehicle, doing all that, I think that's okay for right now. The space that the Galaxy, the Galaxy just need to stay afloat right now. And then once they get, like they have their bearings, then we can, you know, look for the the propellers and all the, all the different pieces. I'm mixing all my metaphors. That's and, okay. Uh, com, you know, <laughs> vehicles, things going on. But, but I think right now it's about riding the ship and then we can talk about moving forward in innovation maybe a little bit later. So, I don't know if that's both sides of my mouth or, or if I'm being too flowery or giving them too much credit. But for the people who say it's more of the same, I'd say look at this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, since change happened, right? We there's been a noticeable change, right? So obviously, even within, without, whoever's involved now, there's things that are happening that are different than they were a year ago. Right. And I think you you can't say it's more of the same as you're seeing changes and different things happening. You, you may not like the changes that are happening, or you may you know, wish it could be done differently, but there's an attempt to make changes. I don't think you could say that they're not trying, right. uh, they're not trying to make changes and to, to better the club. I, I don't think you, I don't think you could say they're just resting, uh, you know, on those five championships. They saying they want to get it back to the way it was, isn't saying, you know, Oh, we're fine. Which I think was probably how a lot of the fan base felt is, Hey, we're fine. We don't have anything to worry about. That's different than we want to get things back to our winning ways, right. back to be. That's a different thing. And I think maybe some people are confusing getting back to things the way they were is not necessarily more of the same. Yeah. And, and you know, I think Will's going to have to push against that, that, that this is the same. Right. I, again, I would say Tom, that this. Mean, Tom. The, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Tom. Thinking, thinking. <laughs> well, there's so many wills. There's like seven wills, and there's like Tom. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the whole deal with Tom is that, um, is that he he seems to have that hunger. If you've ever been around him, he sort of has that drive. He's one of those guys who has that drive. I, I can speak from seeing him around and, and meeting him a couple times, right? And so I don't know him really well. And, you know, if he wants to call and, you know, we can have dinner, no problems. Uh, you know, I like how I just invite myself to things. It's it's great. <laughs> I was gonna um, say, he's not going to listen. He's, no, no, he's not listening to any of this after this anyway. But no, I, I think Tom, I, I think he does want to do well. And and I'm not saying that Chris didn't want to do well either. But eventually there became a time when when there was bunkering, right? Where like you're just trying to bunker from the outside because the outside is closing in and there's there's not a way out except to just sit there and like bunker. 
Tom is is now given the opportunity to to breathe outside, right? And to live yeah. outside and to enjoy and do these let things. The shields down. Yeah. yeah, let the shields down and, and sort of be that guy. And he feels like the type of guy who has that drive. Um, but I'm just I'm super interested to see how this goes. I'm interested in the dispute resolution. I know that there's there's lots of flowering language that we can put out there to say all this mm-hmm. stuff. But what happens when there really is a disagreement about the stuff? You know, what yeah. about the and, and ultimately we know the answer is Dan Beckerman, right? And that's where it goes. And is that the guy you want making those decisions too, right? And, uh, you know, during during COVID, you know, Dan was fairly pointed with with Kevin and, and with some of the other criticisms that he hires people to make decisions. He doesn't make the decisions himself. And Dan has been in the decision-making process for the LA Galaxy now since Chris Klein got suspended and the whole deal and you had to spend a whole bunch of time at the offices and all that stuff. So again, I would imagine since Klein's suspension, this has been sort of the layout. Greg Vanny has the operation side. and the, So there's nothing groundbreaking about what is happening right now. And I think even Tom said that, which was we're going back to the way it was. So we know how to operate this way. But the bottom line is most of the people in the front office have no idea how to operate that way because they weren't there whenever and, that, and, that happened. And that's the benefit of not having a former player on your business side of operations. Because I think... You can say that there, you know, the, <laughs> what did you call it? Dispute resolution yes. dispute. Yes. Uh, th- that piece of it can be an issue. But when you have someone who's solely dedicated to the business side, they didn't, you know, they're not a former player. They're not a former coach. They're not going to ask. They're not going to want to give their two cents necessarily on the player side because that's not their lane. And, you know, Greg Vanny is not going to tell me on how to set up the music festival and how to, you know, what to, how, what, to, what to do about stadium upgrades. That's not Greg Vanny's lane either. So I think... While you can't, there that there may be some, you know, parts where it overlaps, you know, in terms of stadium upgrades and how that's going to affect the, you know, the experience for the players. There's going to be an, an overlap there, but I think the delineation, it, there's less crossover and you, there's not going to be as much gray area. I think it can, there, I, you can swing it in the positive way as well. Yeah, I, I, and the whole deal. Listen, um, I'm all for giving people the chance to do things, and I think that's what you sort of have to do with with Tom. Bottom line is. It's not about talk, Eric. It's not about coming on here and telling us what it is or what it isn't doing. It's all about the action and the results and everything else. And by the way, unfortunately for Tom, a lot of his and and maybe this is protecting him a little bit, right? Because a mm-hmm. lot of his success will still be measured by on the field success, right? Because if the galaxy are doing well, then people want to be in the stands. People are in the stands, then they're driving the concession sales and everything that they want to do, right? So there's there's still some of that. But at the same time, how many times do we hear, oh, but Chris Klein's a great business person, right? And Chris Klein's a big... So this does protect him from the LA Galaxy having a horrible year and that they can at least have some continuum with, you know, the business side of things, yeah. um, you know, and, and at least can be measured against those metrics without having to always be measured against the metrics of of on the field. From Tom's perspective, from Greg's perspective, it's all about results on the field, right? Which is yeah. interesting because I'm going to tell you here in a second that right now with them basically putting Greg at the same level as Tom and creating that sort of co-presidency, even though it's not named that way, um, is that basically the galaxy are saying you need to continue to build out the infrastructure that you've been building out. And we're, we're looking at that as much as we're looking at it at on the field stuff as well, that you continuing to build that out and finish out that build up and give something that is, uh, complete and to have all those departments actually built out all of the infrastructure invested in a functioning front office, which is something that I talked to every manager since Kurt Anolfo left. And they said, this is the problems with the LA galaxy. Greg Vanny has made the most progress on that out of anybody 
uh, and considerable progress in that. Not just like, oh, they got a scout. Oh, they did this considerable progress, Eric. And that's why whenever you see this announcement, I will say that uh, it certainly tells me that Greg Vanny's back in 2024, uh, regardless of sort of what happens here in the last. And you can disagree with that. I don't. I actually think that that's still correct. You need to build out the infrastructure. You need to do stuff. And if that's Greg's biggest advantage to doing everything, if he's the one who can finally finish that and get that set and stable, then that's a bigger benefit to the LA Galaxy to be successful down the road for years and years and years, even if the on the field still sort of struggles in some of those areas. That being said, I also have a lot of confidence that the on the field stuff is starting to shake itself out um, as well, just in terms of the players that are coming in and, and the types of things. But to me, that means Vanny's back in 2024 and people can argue about that all you want. I'm just I've been saying it and then they went and made this announcement and yeah. I just it just reiterates that to me. This does solidify that Greg Vanny will be the coach starting the 2024 season. But I will say as someone who's been critical of him, I don't think he gets a pass beyond 2024. I think if there are struggles next season, he it's absolutely fair to put him on the on the hot seat because, you know, how many times have we talked about we haven't put more than a two game winning streak uh, together at some point? You're going to need to the, the results on the field are going to need to be stellar, you know, keeping a mediocre uh, coach around, you know, with those in terms of results, not saying he's mediocre, but when the results are mediocre and just keeping them around because they've got great ideas, that's not going to fly. And so that's the other piece of it. And and where the, the whole gray area <laughs> goes in is Tom mentioned the, what's most important to him is getting that stadium filled every single weekend. Yeah. But the, how do you get that stadium filled every single weekend? You have a winning team and that's attractive, plays attractive soccer and brings people in. You can have the most beautiful state-of-the-art stadium. Look at SoFi Stadium. Look at some of those things. But when you have the Rams losing, it's not the same as when they're Super Bowl contenders. Or, you know, I'll, I'll even give some credit. When, you know, when the Chiefs are in town or when the Raiders are in town, it's a different draw. And it comes down to who's on the field and what's going to be a good product to watch. And so that that's going to be a little bit of the difference. And so there is a gray area. They need to work together. But I think the fact that the Tom mentioned what those goals are, filling the stadium and mm -hmm. having that the business focus, I, I think that is going to be a good thing moving forward. He, he didn't like my lower beer prices. I thought that was that was I thought that <laughs> you was were, I really I, did anyone. I mean, I, I appreciate that you kind of right. you know, were a man of the people. Right. You asked the question. But that answer was about what I expected. It wasn't. This is like a, isn't, six, you know, sixth grade student council. And every time we're going to get McDonald's delivered to lunch. Every week, like he's not going to come in and promise two dollars beer. Grade, six like, grade student council is yeah, so accurate. <laughs> yes. That's not how it's going to work. He right. runs a he's running a business, you know, and and some of that may be out of his control in terms of concessions. We've had oh, that discussion. Le levy and restaurants and le yeah. the whole thing is just yeah, it's so a nightmare. That, yeah, that's a whole separate conversation, and it could be something he mentioned the fan council. Maybe that's something that they can work on contracts. Right. A, lot, a lot of criticism, by the way, coming from supporters groups and fans saying that the fans cancel. I would like to Fan point council. out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> president of business operations. President of business operations. Fan council is run by the club, right? And wouldn't it be better if the fan council was run by supporters instead? So that way there wasn't this overall reaching club thing. I still think there's a benefit to it, even though uh, the club is running it and it's a place to be heard. And I think if they pick you know, I, I think if they they're going to pick there's going to be, I think, 15 people on the on the fan council. Yeah. So there's enough there. They should get a representative of what they're looking for. And, I would hope. and they mentioned some in supporters groups, some outside of supporters groups. I, I don't I don't have any issue with them creating a fan council. Respectfully, I'm going to disagree. Um, you, if you want 
you know, your supporter groups to run the fan council, you have your supporter groups. And last time I checked, respectfully, again, how well did those groups get along in making decisions and everyone was in sync and step in step with each other? You know, was that exactly running perfectly? You know, having the, the fans run it? Right. I, I would argue it wasn't exactly working out the best. It's okay. You can still run your supporters groups and have your leadership and make those decisions. And then the Galaxy can have their found council with input from those groups as well. I don't think you can have it both ways. You can't complain that the club doesn't care about what the fans think and then get mad when the club wants to get interest from the fans. The, the, the I, argument, I don't think you could have it both ways. Right. I think the argument is that it's more of a PR move and that they're not going to. So I, again, I would like I, I, I am open I, you know, to the possibility. Be, yeah. I am open to the possibility that it is an effective way to gauge what is going on with the fans. I am open to that possibility. If it it's turns better out than not having a fan council, I, I probably. Yes, I, I agree with that. So. Um, anyway, so that's the stuff there. Let's now talk about the LA Galaxy a little bit here. Um, whenever we Is look, that why we're here? I don't know. I don't know even know what I'm <laughs> supposed to be doing. Uh, um, I wanted to talk a little bit. There was a, a chart the Athletic put out uh, how often each MLS team has led, trailed, or been level in a match. And let's just say the LA Galaxy ain't doing great. Uh, the Galaxy have uh, been losing 28% of the time. That's not horrible. Whenever you think about it, you're like, that's not, a, I don't know. Well, like the whole deal is like, well, how, what are some of the top teams, you know, in that, that, you know, Columbus uh, was losing only 20% of the time, right? So the Galaxy, um, you know, at, at 28%, it doesn't seem horrible. St. Louis, 18%, Orlando, 16%, New England, 14%, right? That type of thing. So understanding where the Galaxy sit at 28%, it doesn't feel horrible. Colorado, New York at 37%, that's worse. Okay, I'm, I'm feeling feeling a little bit better there. Uh, the draws for the Galaxy at 54%. Um, there's a lot. It's wide ranging in there. I really think you should look at the chart whenever you look at it. Um, and it sort of helps. But, you know, the overall, the winning, and how often the LA Galaxy have been winning. And that's where this chart was sorted by. Because Columbus has been winning 45% of the time. Doesn't mean that's how how they, it ended, by the way, right? You can you can be leading for 89 minutes, Eric, and and you and you're yeah. <laughs> you're you're tied for one minute and losing for one minute, you know, and you're, you're all of a sudden you're there, right? So uh the LA Galaxy at 18% winning is is a low number. Yeah, um, that's not great. That, that's not great, Bob. <laughs> yeah, in terms of you know how that look, it's a it's a bad look. But also, we keep going back to thirteenth place. Look at how they started. Are you surprised by this? No. <laughs> Given how it was, no. So it kind of shakes out. You know, I, I'm curious to see what this chart would look like. You know, over the course of the last you know ten games, eleven games, we know how it's going to look in that favor. But you have to those games in the beginning of the season counted, and so of course. This this isn't surprising given the way they started the season. Yeah, not not at all. And by the way, um, whenever you're looking at the losing percentages, like Montreal has been losing 37 percent of the time, right? Then and they've been winning 24 percent of the time. So you can sort of look at some of these and gauge where it is. And it's good, better to be winning clearly. But is it, you know is, <laughs> is this like it's if you score more goals than the other team, you usually win. You is usually win, those? right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, one of the leaders in that stat is Columbus, right? In terms of winning, and you go and look at the stats, and Columbus is in fifth place in the in the eastern conference not saying that's bad place yeah they're not the best team you would think on that chart that they've been dominating games but that's not necessarily the case right right absolutely so um somebody said what's the most drawiest team um 49 is there anything above 40 yeah 53 53 54 sounders at 54 sounders so i hear 56 wait, Minnesota wait. at 56 the galaxy at 54 how about that for the draws uh, the galaxy wait. at 54 oh 
Dallas, Dallas at 58. 58. There we go. Um, 58 percent. Yeah, 58% FC Dallas. Uh, that's where it's been. So uh, anyway, now let's go to another chart that I didn't produce. It's always nice to get some charts. This is Ben Wright at Ben Wright on Twitter. Uh, comes out projected standings based on home away points per game. All right. Uh, basically goes on to say uh, Inter Miami and LA Galaxy closing the gap in the playoff race. Uh, you know, DC United sneaking into the play in round. Right. So Let's take a look at what the chart says and sort of how, where it goes, right? Um, Eastern Conference is fun, but nobody really cares. Let's just talk about the Western Conference. Uh, yeah, the LA, yeah, yeah, the LA Galaxy based on home points per game and away points per game, then projected those points out for the rest of the season. That's where you're getting this. So they are saying that the LA Galaxy are projected to finish with 40 points. Right now, that's two points lower than where we sort of yeah, have not them. Good right? enough, I don't think. Yeah, and right now, if you do it based on everything, they finish eleventh. Right? At least they got out of thirteenth, Eric. That's good, right? They're not <laughs> stuck there for. That's not in the plan. Yeah, the we've said this, and you've said it. If they win all their games, that'll fix everything. Yeah. But they can't go how how they've been going. There needs to be an uptick. They need that three game streak, right? Which just they they see, can't seem to find that that extra gear to to propel them. If you know, unfortunately. As, as much hope as, you know, the game a couple weeks ago gave us, I, this this wouldn't surprise me if they finished 11th, 40 points, it just being too late of a charge and too too uh, deep of a, uh, a hole to get out of. Right. Yeah. And, and that's sort of where you're seeing some of this stuff, right? Um, here's the thing. The projected, the, the max number of points, 56 for the LA Galaxy. So definitely within that. I will tell you one thing about this chart. It's based on home points per game and away points per game. The Galaxy have more home games than away games and so the home points per game they've underperformed at home and this is where this yeah. chart i think can be off right where it sort of shows where it is i think you can find two more points in there for the la galaxy at home because they have underperformed at home so far this season and whenever you sort of take in that underperformance if they perform at a level where i think we would expect them to perform eric they can get more points there so this is actually a very good chart that sort of shows you where the galaxy could be. And I would say that the projected is probably under where I expect the galaxy to finish. 43 is probably the, the, the points where I'm, I'm still thinking uh, they sort of get to. So anyway, that's uh that's one of those things that I wanted to point out there um, and sort of see uh, sort of see how that was going. Right. So the other thing that's going on is the power rankings, Eric, and you know how much we love complaining about power <laughs> rankings. They kind of got it right. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, it, yeah, I mean, up to a certain point, but also yeah. no, to, right? Yeah, to, to the, the, the point that you're going to make is the Galaxy 22, if the, our biggest complaint, if the true power rankings is how the team is performing at the moment, 22 is probably too low of a spot for how the Galaxy are playing. Especially um, being that there is one team that is lower than the LA Galaxy in points, Right. And is going through all the stuff that is now they're putting in the number two spot, which is Miami. Which, but I, I don't disagree with I, that. I, in I the agree. With yes. Okay. I, I think Miami is absolutely if you're <laughs> there, there's no team that wants to play Miami right now. Right now, Miami is absolutely I, I would even argue that you can put them number one in the power rankings. But I think you've seen what FC Cincinnati is doing and they deserve that spot, you know, right. especially given where Miami is coming from. OK, fair to put them at number two. But I, I kind of agree with that. If you're going right now, who's the hottest team? Who Who's there? I think Miami at number two is not a terrible thing, which is why it's kind of confusing as to why the Galaxy, the Galaxy landed 22. Because like, that doesn't necessarily match. It it's, it comes down to star power. <laughs> they, right. they, they don't have a, a World Cup winner on their team. 
Um, uh, by the way, Feel the Burm says we're feeling 22, which is a Taylor Swift shout out. Uh, Mr. Kevin Acevedo, who works for the LA Galaxy, is listening, and he would like everybody to know uh, that we've lost the that the LA Galaxy have lost the fewest matches in MLS since May 31st, only adding fuel to the fire. One. It's Kevin. been one, right? One yeah, loss. One. One loss. Yeah. One loss in that in that whole time. But 22. 22. Even Taylor Swift doesn't like that. All right. That's not that's not what they're supposed to be. We need a, we need a Taylor be. Swift Swift sound effect. Yeah. I I probably would get it would be too much for me to handle. I don't yeah. know that you could allow Fair. me to have that sound effect. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think you would definitely be pressing that button way too many way times. too many times. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, so just look at the power rankings. The argument with the power rankings, Eric, you and I have always said is at the end of the season, it shouldn't be about who finished first in the, it be on the, the table. It's not the standings. It's about yeah. who's the hottest team. And that means that the worst team like Miami, right, which was down at the bottom, the very bottom of the bottom, everything, everybody was expecting that it wasn't going to, you know, that, that they weren't going to do anything. They get messy. They get Jordi Alba. They get Busquets. They get, come in there. They get the U22 players. They start winning games and start taking people down. Again, the argument here would be that what the LA Galaxy haven't played big games. They haven't beat LAFC. They haven't beat Philadelphia in the same week, right? That didn't happen. No, it did happen. And therefore, if you want to do that, you have to say the Galaxy are higher. And Miami should be two, or like you said, one. Yeah. Cincinnati's been playing still really well. And yeah, they're going that's on why I, I don't think you could dethrone Cincinnati, but but you could have the argument for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, somebody said we should get a we should get a a a, a sound effect for Acevedo whenever he comes in for <laughs> for like a stats bomb. We'll just give him the panda and pato in the morning. Right. That's that's about it. I do eagerly anticipate the Kevin Acevedo tweet at post game because he always brings a good kernel. You, always makes me always makes me happy when I see those tweets go out. You should hear him. You should hear him in the post game. He's always rattling that stuff off. We're always we're <laughs> always having discussions about it in the uh, just before the the press conference starts. So he's in there. Very useful um, all the time, Mister Acevedo. We appreciate it. Um, so yeah, so so that's that's that stat right. So already power rankings like normal trash. Uh, absolute trash. Um, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, kind of. We agree with some of the, we only agree <laughs> with them whenever it fits our narrative. All right. So, yeah. uh, that's where I go. Let's talk about another narrative that is being shot down right now. MLS went out and put in a list of the seven most improved players in MLS this season. And they listed Mr. Jonathan Bond on there. And it says, of course, sitting down in 13th in the West. Can should we get a t-shirt that just says 13? <laughs> On it? Oh, wait, that's we a got, Taylor Swift number, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 22, 13. Yeah, yeah we, we, we're going to figure out our, our numbering system here. Uh, you know, we got to play that. You know what it is? We got to play Powerball. Yeah, no, 13, 22, two, okay. 58. Somebody yeah. write these down. All right. So that way we can, we can all <laughs> go in it? together. Did you watch Lost Tangent? Remember no, Lost? No, I was not a Lost uh, okay. fan. But no, why? Oh. Why? Because they had the numbers 4, oh. 8, 15. Yeah, they, they were, that was a whole thing. That like, was a whole it was, thing. It was a big deal. And then I think those lottery numbers hit one day. And whoever thought that they were very clever to play the lost numbers, they went to go wait in line. And there was a line of hundreds of people who all played the same exact lotto numbers. So shout out to lost. Shout Great out series. to lost. Ahead right. of its time. Uh, after finishing last year's, the, this is from the article. After Speaking of losing, yeah. right? There's a segue there. <laughs> after finishing last year's the 24th best shot stopper in Major League Soccer based on post shot expected goals. Uh, Bond has skyrocketed up to fifth. He saved 0.18 goals more than expected per 90, according to Football Ref, which puts him squarely in the second tier of MLS goalkeepers underneath uh, Danielle, Jordi Petrovic, uh, and Roman Berkey. Right, by the way, Berkey coming up uh, this weekend with uh, St. Louis. That plus 0.18 figure is a massive bump from the minus 0.17 figure. Uh, that Bond registered last year. Goalkeeper numbers can be volatile, but the Galaxy will be hoping this is a sign Bond will be a top 
a top shot stopper moving forward. Basically, what they're saying is um, that he has become a much better shot stopper. And by the way, there's lots of people who I put this out and I tweeted it and I, I said, here's this. This is interesting. Read it. You know, do the whole thing. People, oh, stats lie. Yes, stats do lie. Sometimes stats tell the truth, too, and they help you see things that you didn't see before. We've always said that. You use them to, to sort of help your eyes see things, right? That type of thing. Here's the thing with Jonathan Bond. If you didn't go back and watch that Houston game about the, the about the three really great stops and saves that he had yeah. in that game, then you weren't paying attention. Did he almost give some away? Absolutely. Goalkeepers have their moments, right? And all that stuff. Is he great on distribution? No. I like actually I think I like Petrovic a little better than than Bond right now in terms of distribution. But in shot stopping, Jonathan Bond has been right there with the Galaxy defense. You want to talk about two shutouts in the last, what, three games? Um, the the LA Galaxy, you know, defense has helped and Jonathan Bond has helped um, in order for that to happen. So I do think Bond is is feeling more comfortable. I think the defense is helping that as well. Yeah, um, that's that's the biggest difference. As you see, the, the shift in the defense, I think, with Jalen Neal, how he started the season, even given the number of losses that they, they racked up. You see Yoshida, the way he's been playing recently, Caligari, what he's been able to provide. I think the defense has definitely had a huge impact on why you've seen uh, Jonathan Bond's improvement. But another example, Jonathan Bond, I think, is a perfect example of you either die a hero or you live long enough to, to be the villain. And I, I think, you know, because he's been, like we mentioned last week, what what is he third all time uh, on uh, you know goalie minutes? He, he's been with the club long enough, and so when you're with the club long enough, you make some mistakes. And you know, shout out to Kevin Hartman, one of my favorite LA Galaxy goalkeepers. He had some pretty bad moments in MLS Cup Finals that put the Galaxy in a bad situation. And I don't think people look back and say, uh, you know, and say he was a bad goalkeeper. He was a great goalkeeper, but there were moments where. You know, it was shaky and it may have cost us. Same thing with Bond. There are moments where Bond has been shaky. That is a 100% fair. And I think when you look at some of the backups that have come in and stepped up and played good games who have maybe put made Bond feel a little uneasy, I think that's fair as well. But I, I don't think you could say he's been poor or bad. I think we've seen bad LA Galaxy goalkeepers, and I don't think you could put Jonathan Bond in the bad LA Galaxy goalkeeper territory uh no name says we need to appreciate bonnie more i think people forget how bad it was during the bingham days who is well, the number two goalkeeper i, I didn't right i didn't want to say the you name but say i'm just that. saying yeah okay good um by the way that was also an acevedo stat that he tossed to us during a post-game uh, uh press conference was the the goalkeeper ones with the uh, with jonathan bond so shout out kevin getting two shout outs long time listener first time caller kevin let me know um <laughs> is he gonna get a producer credit on this, on this episode? Sim- I, think I, so. don't, I don't know i'm starting to yeah. that whole well, that whole independent news thing is starting to go out the window with you know the, him throwing stats yeah. in here all well, the time this is going to be corner of the galaxy kevin's version <laughs> See, I knew you'd like that one. I like it way too much. We're going to get a t-shirt for Kevin, for sure. Um, all right. Uh, let's take a look at the standings real quick. Eastern Conference, we talk about Cincinnati. They've already clinched playoff spot, 57 points. They're going for the all-time point total. That's all you need to know about the Eastern Conference. Uh, Western Conference, the LA Galaxy facing off against St. Louis, who currently lead the Western Conference by six points over Seattle. Uh, LAFC at 40 points. Salt Lake at 40 points. Houston at 39. Vancouver, 38. Minnesota, 36. San Jose, 36. Dallas, 34. Austin 33, Kansas City 32, Portland 30, LA Galaxy 29. We've already talked about it. The LA Galaxy at the 1.16 can jump over Portland already with sort of their points per game stats where it goes sitting just underneath uh, Kansas City as well. So, um, uh, hold on. Uh, You go talk. talk. I'm going to say I'll vamp here. From from this uh, standings example, 
is the complete opposite of where the Galaxy are, are coming from, where how bad was their beginning of the season that they've had the run that they've had and they're still in 13th place. Still you look at St. Place. Louis, yes. which is now come back down to earth, mm-hmm. and you look at how good did they start that they've you know maybe been you know middle of the table maybe in terms of form or power rankings wherever you put them but they're still sitting at the top of the western conference competing for the supporter shield because they had such a hot start at the very beginning so there's your difference right there is you know the hot start to the season for st louis has them sitting at the top poor start for the start of the season has the galaxy sitting at the bottom it's it's pretty it's almost oversimplistic going back to my example if you score more goals you're gonna than the other team you're gonna win it's kind of an obvious thing but you're you're seeing it play out because i think you look at the way the teams are playing right now i wouldn't say that st louis i said this last week with houston i don't think that they should should have feared houston but as that game played out i saw teams that were very evenly matched. Right. I think same thing with St. Louis. They have good players on that team. You talked about Berkey, who's an excellent goalkeeper. You have Joaquini, who who made the Galaxy pay last time they played. They have talented players, but I don't think the Galaxy are, are going to get smashed by them. I don't say, oh, this supporter shield contending number one in the West team is coming in. You know, let's 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 cover up, duck and cover, because it's going to get ugly. I, you know, I I expect the Galaxy to try to get some points here. The Western Conference is mediocre at best, and maybe it's just their it's very, mid, as the kids say. I can't, I can't, I keep trying. Like I see the TikToks, <laughs> I'm there, and I'm like, I just can't use it in a sentence. You know how it is? It's like I know, yeah. I know my place. I shouldn't be there, but yes, very mid. Um, the the and, and maybe that's not even fair. Maybe it's just very even. Everything yeah, is very that's equal, probably, right? That's probably a better way to say it, correct? Cudicini, Fettuccini. They're having a, a nice conversation in the chat <laughs> the room. The chat, chat never disappoints. No, The always. dog days of Bingham was one of my favorite ones. That was that, yeah. definitely a, a good one there. Well, um, just the, the schedule that's coming up. Saturday, there's going to be four games. Uh, that means eight teams playing there. Uh, it's going to be 10 total teams playing whenever the LA Galaxy take on St. Louis coming up at 5 p.m. on Sunday. The only game on Sunday is the LA Galaxy in St. Louis. Keep that in mind as we go. Now, um... Let's talk about Efrain Alvarez. Why not? Because this is an interesting story. Uh, Alex Ruiz has been all over this, uh, and uh, a lot of reports there. The LA Galaxy will, will receive $2.2 million for homegrown Efrain Alvarez. He will sign with Jolos until uh, 2026. That's down in uh, Tijuana. Uh, Galaxy will retain future sell-on percentage for the young midfielder. Medical test set to happen in the coming days. Um, let's just say that $2.2 million is a very good bit of business but let's talk about it a little bit uh when you figure that the galaxy are paying 600 to 700 thousand dollars a year for the current contract that's like three years you know a little less than or, or a little more than three years of of salary so the galaxy have sunk costs in this so getting the 2.2 is good um but you know it probably doesn't over the life of Efrain Alvarez, it probably doesn't get them in the green, uh, but maybe it gets them back in in the black, so to speak, and a, a little yeah. bit. You know, they're even; they're making well, money. They didn't lose money on Efrain Alvarez. <laughs> I was going to say when you talk about like the car comparison or trading in your car, this is a car that has you know the Galaxy got a lot of miles out of this one. So yeah, maybe you're not getting your full value or what you thought it was going to be worth. But given you know the wear and tear, you're you're getting I think a fair price. Uh, for Efrain. So it's it's kind of interesting. I, I think this also, um, looking back in hindsight on Efrain not being part of the team sheet for all these games, I know I know we're hard on him on this podcast in particular, which I think, you know, rightfully so. I think there are fair critiques, but I think that there could have been a, sp- a spot for him on the bench. Maybe, you know, you mentioned Johnny Perez. I like Johnny Perez, but right. Efrain has moments coming in off the bench where I think he can provide value. And I think the the fact that this 
deal is now in the works, I think could shine a light on why maybe he wasn't included in the team sheet because I think he saw the writing on the wall maybe uh, you know, 10 games into the season right. that this was not, he was, this was not going to be the year. <laughs> Every year was going to be the year. And I think, you know, either through his agent or the galaxy were looking to make moves. Uh, we saw that he was probably going to be looking uh, for other alternatives. And I, that's, it seemed to to be true. Well, and, and a lot of people were wondering why the, whether Jolis even come in and, and try to make this deal, right? $2.2 $2 million. One, um, in league MX, it's not a tremendous amount of money. Um, I'll say that, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. It, it, it's a good, it's a good amount of money. I'll say that for the LA galaxy retaining a sell on, which means if he does catch on fire, then the galaxy yeah, will still benefit. That's, that's the good nice. business part. Yeah. yeah. I really like that. Um, the other part about this is people are saying, well, you know, TJH could have just waited until the winter time and they could have had him. The galaxy had an option on Ephraim though for the next one. And people were like, well, they, they were never going to pick up the option. Oh, oh, oh contraire. Mon frère. Let him go for free. Yeah. yeah. Why would you let him go for free whenever you know that yeah. there are people who want to buy him? So I would imagine that the galaxy absolutely 100% would have picked up the option in the off season and then look to trade him for money or, or, or done something. Yeah. The fact they're getting $2.2 million um, of which, by the way, they get 95% of. OK, so the league gets 5%. The Galaxy get 95%. But that 95% comes after all costs are accrued for the player as well. Right. So they do the whole cost and then the remaining money is split 95%. And so the Galaxy get 95% of that $2.2 million. Um, U22, they get all of it if there's a U22, and it depends on some different things. But the club may assign up to $1.1 million of that into general allocation money. That's huge. For the Galaxy to have a million dollars, over a million dollars in yeah. general allocation money for the 2.2 that comes in, and then they get to basically take another 1.1 and put it in their pocket as cash that they can use around the club in different ways, but they can't go against the salary cap or anything else like that. It's a good bit of business, Eric. Yeah. It's it's not horrible at all. And I, I think I remember Omar Gonzalez once went to like, you know, uh, to Mexico for like no money at all. It was like three hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars or something like that. This is real money. It's two point two million. You're you're getting rid of a non performing asset really for the LA Galaxy. You're yeah. also giving him a chance to to restart things. And if he catches on fire in Mexico, Galaxy have the sell on, they can still do it. Does it mean that he never comes back to LA if he catches on fire? No, of course not. But maybe the Mexico change you know, helps them. So yeah, to, to me, this very, this smells very much like a Giassi's artist. And I think that's the part where people were saying, why is Cholo's making this move? If they could have waited till he was free, it, just because, you know, the galaxy fan base is too close to it. And we saw the underperformance like, well, who would want him? He was, there's still the cachet there. He's had Mexican national team call-ups. He has some highlight real goals. There are going to be teams that want him. So you're right. I think they would have, you know, given the option and he could still have something to give down in Liga Mekis. And I think that's something with him being a, a dual national and, uh, you know, transferring, becoming a Mexican national team eligible player. I think playing in that league is something that maybe will motivate him a little bit more and could benefit him. He could still have something to give. And the reason I make that comparison to Giassi, his time with the Galaxy was done. Right. And then he went on to Columbus and, you know, I think he was a golden boot contender. He, 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 you know, had probably his best, you know, time stint with the national team was after he left the galaxy. So that doesn't mean that it was a failure of a career. He just had some more to give, but he didn't have more to give to the LA galaxy. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Efrain might still have something to give, but I think for the LA galaxy, that time is gone and you're able to recoup money. And I think if you, we have our salary show, Go back and look at the million-dollar range that what you can use in general allocation money. Look at the type of player 
that you can get for that salary right. and replace, pick one of those guys and replace Efren Alvarez and you'd be pretty pleased uh, with that swap if you were able to kind of see who lands in that range. You, you may have just paid for somebody like um, like Diego Fagundes for next season, right? Yeah. Because, and by the way, doesn't hit Tam, doesn't hit, um, you know, a designated player spot, doesn't hit any of those other things. It's just that, right? And so that, you, you may have just been able to secure that for next season. Galaxy, Will Koontz, I'm sure he just, he, he gets to like dive around naked in the money now, right? He gets all that money. Do they give it in ones? Is he, is he Scrooge McDucking it? You think he's going I, coins? I think, I, th- yeah. I don't know yeah, if he's, he's going, going coins. coins. Nobody goes coins yeah. except for Scrooge. <laughs> But dollar dollar bills, right? You can you get those. You know, can I get this he needs in the money guns, dollar yeah. bills? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure that's what Will Kuntz is doing um, right now. <laughs> um, uh, just wanted to say, uh, let's talk a little bit about Dayan Jovic because this is an interesting one too. Uh, we talked about Dayan Jovic. Yeah, having this right after the Efrain cover. Efrain conversation says a lot. Yeah, and exactly. By the way, somebody said, "Hey, maybe it's a Tyler Boyd new contract." By the way, like, like yeah, one point one. Yep, Tyler Boyd. That's Tyler Boyd money. Um, so, and you can make that deal right now because now you know you have the money, right? So you can make it quick. Uh, Dayan Jovalich, uh, the 24 year old Serbian striker, uh, was apparently, uh, wanted by uh, Turkish side Trabzon Spor. Um, and the, he apparently agreed with, uh, to the club terms, but the LA Galaxy rejected the offer. We don't know how much the offer was. Um, I, I would say something about this. It, it's super interesting. And I know people are trying to draw a lot of parallels. It's like, oh, well, Jovlich agreed to it and the whole deal. Listen, if somebody's going to pay you a whole bunch of money and you're like that, you're like, yeah, I agree to it. But you know, the galaxy have to, it doesn't necessarily mean that Jovlich wants out, right? Because it, sometimes you're not really going to have that choice. What if the galaxy agreed to the offer? Then you're just going to have to still go agree to personal terms and everything else. Yeah. The galaxy to me, and in the conversations I've had behind the scenes are more than happy to, to lump the the starting minutes towards Dayan Jovlich here down the stretch. They're trying to prove to him that he can be in the striker that they know he can be um, and, and do the things that, that they want him to do. There's not a lack of investment from the Galaxy in Dayan Jovlich. In fact, it's the opposite. They are really trusting him with everything. And it's sort of up to him to perform. And if he can perform, then I think the LA Galaxy are more than happy to keep him. I mean, he has a contract, I think, until 2025. So <laughs> it's not... It's not like it's a short-term thing. They can literally keep Dan Jovalich for, for a while here, but he needs to be happy. He's getting the starts, Eric. He's just not getting the goals now. And that's sort of yeah. the big thing is, and we've always talked about the starts versus subs and, and all that. So, I mean, what, what's your take on, on Jovalich right now? It's it's one of those things where I, I was just mentioning Efrain, where there were enough miles on it and we saw what we needed to see. And so having him go, at that price, it, it, you were ready to let him go. I think with Jovalich, we haven't, you know, taken it for enough spins. I think you still can give another season under day on Jovalich to say, okay, let, you know, this season with injuries and for whatever reason, maybe the pressure, you know, he needed to kind of have this down season. We saw Chicharito. How bad was Chicharito in 2020? And, you know, he had the, the comeback year and he was able to come back and was the leading scorer. Maybe Jovalich is in the dumps right now. He's in the mud. And maybe he needs the bounce back and he needs to go through this in order to have success next season. I'm not ready to throw in the towel on Dejan Jovic. He's had the opportunities, and, and that's why I was high on Billy Sharp right. and even giving Billy Sharp the opportunities to start. But 
but I don't think Jokovic is done. I think they're you know, it's talking about having more to give, and I think the Galaxy see that sees that, Greg Vanny sees that, and I think for the price that they were offering, while it may have seemed high, given what the Galaxy paid for them, they weren't necessarily breaking even or making a profit. I think Trent Spore saw an opportunity. Hey, he's not performing. Right. Maybe we can come in with a low bid and kind of steal him away, and then uh, you know make something happen. And I think the Galaxy were wise to hold on to it. I think it's worth giving another opportunity. Well, what if I told you, Eric, and the argument always is that uh, Dayon is a better sub than he is a starter. What if I told you that the numbers are actually very, very similar whenever you look at it in a per game setting? Now, obviously, people are going to say, well, but look at it in a per minute setting. And and you are correct. Starts, you get more minutes. Um, and so the more minutes per goal would, would be lower, right? And then on on the sub side, uh, you would come in and you would say, okay, that's holy. But really, when you're looking at a guy, Eric, you want a guy to come in and impact you in a game. It almost doesn't matter how many minutes you get. What does he give you per game? And for me, I wanted to sort of look at Dayan Jovalich's offensive production in that game setting. So if you look at Dayan Jovalich, he's he started 29 games. He's subbed 40 games, right? 69 total games. This is all regular season. I'm not counting any of the U.S. Open Cup crap. I'm not counting any League's Cup crap. That doesn't count for me. Show me regular season because I want to see what you're doing in the league. This is the biggest thing that the Galaxy had to play for, right? So uh, starts 29 uh, subs 40. Uh, he has seven goals and three assists in those 29 games and nine goals and five assists in the 40 games he's come on as a sub, right? So that means that his goals per game is 0.24 whenever he starts and it's 0.23 whenever he's a sub. Again, that's per game. He's very even. The numbers are more even than people would like to say. And if you want to slant it per minute and look at it in production per minute, because you can, right? Yeah. Then obviously, he's going to do better on the sub side than he is going to be on the starting side, right? And that's fine to look at. But again, if he's a starter, what's he going to give you per game? And basically, they're telling you right now that once every four games, he's going to score a goal, which is similar to what it is in that subway on the sub side of things, too. Yeah, the... This is funny because at the beginning you were saying, well, the stats lie when we're talking about Bond. I think this is something where it's skewed in the favor of you can make this look like the starts make him more productive. But we're talking about, you know, a hundredth, uh, you know, a hundredth of a decimal point here. Yep. So it's not it's not a huge uh, difference between starts uh, and, and subs. And I think obviously because he's been subbed on more, uh, you know, it's going to be a lower percentage and not necessarily work out in his favor. So you could say you know, the, that the starts make him more productive. I will say he is a striker. What do you need a striker to do? Score goals. And I think 0.24, 0.23 is not good enough that's, for that's someone really who it. wants to be a starting striker. And that at the end of the day, I think is the rub and why, where there's been the issue. And I have seen, uh, you know, on, you know, X or Twitter and in the chat, well, you know, the service isn't always there, but when we talk about, that's not always, uh, you know, you look at Ricky Pooj, look at Gaston Brugman, look at, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd, the way they've been playing. You're going to say that they're not providing good service. I, I I would argue against that. And so I don't think it, it's all about him not having, you know, perfect service. I think it's some of it that he needs to work on in creating. We saw it. And I'm going to go back to that example with Chicharito. And he had just that bummer of a season. I think he came back refreshed with a different mindset, the different tools in the tool belt. And I think that's what Dayon is going to need to do next season because for whatever reason right now, right now it's not firing. Does does Dayon need to get a life coach and get divorced? He does. I don't think he's he married. To, <laughs> so do, well, can he get well, married and then get divorced? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but he needs a chef. He needs the 
the hype videos, the Rocky Four montages. He needs the motivational right. speaker. Yeah, right. Dayan needs the whole Chicharito package if he sells that. Yeah. Uh, as someone who has been divorced, I can tell you that right afterwards, you do feel kind of invincible for a while. Maybe maybe that's where Chicharito got all that that energy from. I don't know. Just just for me. Horrible thing to say. Horrible, Josh. Yeah, How times. dare you? Yeah. God, it's just speaking from personal opinions. Yeah, if, just, it, if it helps the team, help. right? I was, I was like, I'm gonna go to Disneyland by my dang self. So I did. You know, and I was feeling good about. It. I went to the movies that's, by myself. It was a great time. Good. That's times. an under underrated experience. I did that when my when we had Disney passes as yeah. a family. Yeah. Sometimes you know, the, you know, just the afternoon. Kids are occupied, you know, what, you know, going on your own. It's, it's kind of a freeing experience. Yeah. Single rider line, baby. That's where yeah, it's single rider is the way to go. Yeah. Uh, let's get you ready for the game against St. Louis. It is that time. Uh, LA Galaxy taking on St. Louis City coming up at 5 p.m. 5.09 p.m. kickoff on Sunday, September 10th. Uh, LA Galaxy, the only MLS game that day. Remember, only one other meeting between these two teams, a 1-1 draw earlier this season. Back on June 11th, uh, the Galaxy getting some some good draws at St. Louis, one of the first times that they dr- really dropped points at home. Um, so the LA Galaxy were one of those teams that sort of got in there. It was funny, I had to do some... Um, I did some... It, it always... I think it's unfair, but I do like Vancouver radio before every Vancouver game. I do St. Louis radio before every St. Louis game. I do... Some of the ones like I do radio. I did some Kansas City radio before Kansas City. I do all this, but you guys never get to hear it. I'm always like, why can't? Can I do LA Galaxy like well, do, pregame? You need to like, do a supercut. Yeah, do a do the two I minutes. Listen, I don't listen to myself at that point. Come on. <laughs> but anyway, I was talking to uh, to one of the St. Louis guys, and we were going back and forth. And uh, he goes, he goes, I expect this to be like a really close game. And I'm like, well, yeah. I go, they, there's yeah. nothing in the West is separating anybody from anything in the West. There's we not a team. Yeah, we, but so. that, that says a lot. Also, like we were saying. Uh, we're, I'm not expecting St. Louis to come in and smash us. And from the St. Louis perspective, it doesn't look like they're coming in. Oh, this is you know a team that's ripe for the picking, right? And that we're going to get three easy points. It seems like they seem it's going to be close, also. Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was interesting. Um, just in St. Louis has lost four straight away matches in all competitions, including a two-one defeat to Sporting Kansas City on Saturday. If you watch that rivalry game, great game. Really fun game. Uh, St. Louis scored first. Kansas City came back with two goals in the same half. So St. Louis scored in like the 22nd and then Kansas City scored in like the 30 something and then the 43rd um, to come back in that game and and tie it up. It was a really great atmosphere, but a lot of stuff that happened early um, and St. Louis has not been playing great on the road and that's sort of been their thing. They've Mm -hmm. been a lot more inconsistent. You talked about them coming back down to earth uh, since that start that they had Um, and, and that's really is the case. And when you think about it, they played in a rivalry game. It was super intense. It was away from home, not that far away from home, but still a, a trip away from home. Uh, they do that. Now they have to fly all the way out to L.A. I don't hate the L.A. Galaxy's chances, but a lot of this depends on what we're going to see from Greg Vanny tomorrow, which is whenever he tells us about Caligari, whenever he tells us about, you know, um, Douglas Costa, right? So, Doug, yeah. what, what's Doug doing? And I, I was talking to the guy from St. Louis. I said, if Douglas Costa plays, you guys are in trouble. And I go because he has been the creative guy. He's been the one who has really been driving the LA Galaxy. And Ricky Poosh plays off of him in that man-on-man game they play. If that doesn't happen, you're going to see a game similar to what you saw against Houston, right? And so there's a lot riding on what this happens. But Raheem Edwards out with yellow card. Caligari possibly out with an injury. Kelvin Leardam is not in uh, in camp. International and, duty. Yeah, he's yeah. on international duty. Eric Zavaleta is playing right now or, or is done playing. Yeah, he started today. Jalen Neal not... A hundred percent. He's not going to be in the lineup. So yeah, there's, there are some injury concerns. The, the funny thing is mentioning the, uh, St. Louis struggling 
uh, away from home. You look at their away record, five, seven, and one. The Galaxy home record, four, four, and three. So it's not like the Galaxy home record uh, is going to be that big of a difference. But uh, I think the way the Galaxy have been playing and the way St. Louis is kind of coming back down to earth, there's an opportunity uh, for the Galaxy to have three points here at home. Uh, I will tell you this right now. We're going to look at two charts that are going to illustrate this fact. Uh, This is the season-long stats. St. Louis with 44% possession. What does that tell us? It tells us transitions. Transition, their transition team, right? So then we go and we look at their passing chart. Eric, what does this passing chart say? Transition. They are a transition, (laughs) counterattacking team. That's all that they do. And there is an argument to be said that the counterattack game, the direct counterattack game is more simple right? There's less things to screw up. You defend well and you catch people on the counter, right? The harder part is to control the pace of the game with possession and do what the LA Galaxy are trying to do. And you live and die by it. You you don't have a mediocre game uh, playing that style. That's kind of the interesting thing. And we saw it when the Galaxy played in St. Louis, the opportunities happened on the counter. And so I think you're going to see more of that, especially with how the Galaxy uh, like to possess. So I think that's, that's going to be the kicker is the Galaxy being able to possess and are they going to be able to break it, break them down and maybe spring on the counter of their own when they catch St. Louis, uh, you know, slip, slipping or when they're pushing forward. But it's also going to, to me, it's going to come down to Berkey. If he has another game where he's standing on his head, which he's had seven clean sheets this season, then the Galaxy are in trouble because he has those games. You know, he's had several of them this season. And I think that's going to be if they if they can you know, figure out a way to break him down and, and get, keep him on his on his heels, then I think the Galaxy can be in a good a good position because kind of the weird stat on the need to know is um, talking about the um, the expansion teams. For for whatever reason, Gal- the Galaxy play really well against expansion teams in their opening season. So it happened with Austin, happened with LAFC that opening season, happened uh, the only uh, – bad example that they had was Seattle was able to to get a, some points on them. But whenever they play an expansion team, for whatever reason, just like the Galaxy struggle against Colorado and, and Houston and those things, the opposite is also true. So this is one of those where the coin flips in our favor, the roulette wheel, uh, you know, hits, it's, it's, it's bound to hit the other direction. I think, you know, the Galaxy play well against expansion teams. And I think that's going to work in their favor for whatever good mojo is going around. Well, I mean, you know, we talk about the 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 counterattack that the way uh, SKC really got into St. Louis was that whenever St. Louis looked at the counterattack, they were able to break up and back press against the counter and break that up. Because once St. Louis is so committed to the counter, Eric, that once somebody starts to go, they all go right. And if you can break the counter, you can back press the counter you can steal a ball and it's wide open because St. Louis yeah. has already committed well, to going forward because that's how they score goals. That's the Ricky Pooch special right there. You know, you get, you get Ricky and if, if Doug is back and Tyler Boyd, if you break that up and send them, I think the Galaxy are in really good shape. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see uh, see how that goes. But that's that's the interesting thing to me whenever you do it. The thing we haven't mentioned, pups at the pitch as well. Pups at the pitch. This is, I mean, this is pretty exciting for stuff. $27. By the way, I think the the deadline to to get this has already passed. I think it came up today. Um, but I want to at least mention it with pups at the pitch. $27. If you're already a season ticket member, you could get it for $10. And basically $10 to bring your dog in and go up on the berm. Everybody's going to be up on the berm that has it. Purina is going to be up there. Uh, you get a bandana for your, your dog, a bag of Purina treats for your dog. Um, and so basically there's going to be choice of three matches, including this Sunday. So there's two other ones after this, uh, that you can also look at. So that's exciting, uh, for pups of the pitch. It's always nice to have your friendly. Yeah. To have your dog. I know people love their dogs. I love my dogs. I've got three of them at home. I just, my concern 
Who's who's on cleanup? Who's who's bringing the bags? You bring your own bag. Mm. The galaxy supplying bags. That's the part that concerns me. I love the berm. Don't mess up the berm. I don't. We're gonna have uh, <laughs> those spots on the grass. Yeah, right. You know, you, for for the next game, we'll see how that goes. They got paint. They got paint. They'll <laughs> All be right, fine. Fair no, no problem. Uh, we have pups at the pitch. Uh, merchandise. The LA Galaxy collaborated with local artist Diana Ramirez on a new collector pin, which features the signature LA Quasar mark enclosed in a chain link heart. So fans will be able to purchase that. Um, LA Galaxy Foundation is going to be there. Uh, Northwest Pads, so outside the Northwest entrance, they're going to have the merch truck. I think it was their last time, too. So um, some Soccer Fest, Cosmo Cadets, the LA Galaxy Foundation, LA Galaxy Programming, all that fun stuff. I think after will be there for Pupusas. So it should be a fun they're Sunday. All, yes? Yeah, they're also running another promotion where you can get a referee branded card so la galaxy referee cards so it's funny <laughs> we were talking if a few shows ago when they did the menace collaboration and maybe uh, that I was that was too big for my britches like you know asking galaxy uh you know employees you know if you want to send it my way but i will say i think the level where i land you know amateur podcaster i think i'm good for a set of la galaxy ref branded cards so if some of those find their way to my address i wouldn't be upset you wouldn't be upset i can can i tell you back in my fan days whenever like this was 20 uh 2009 i think 2009 i actually made my own referee cards like, yeah it's a classic move right because yeah. like, you can make yeah. them out of that foam yeah. right the foam and then you get the yellow foam and the red foam and you sort of get the size and so everybody in the section in 108 when where i used to sit everybody had those cards so you could just bring them up and everybody yeah. in my section had them and people were like where'd you get those and so i'd like make more like every game and pass <laughs> out more and it slowly yeah. spread so really the la galaxy oh this idea to me is what i'm trying yeah. to say so it, um, it's a fun concept because then you know go, you know god forbid the other team gets a red card or yellow card then the whole everyone just <laughs> starts showing the good so i i think that's a fun little promotion that they're running also it should be good uh gary five dollar super chat thank you guys again for another great show please never stop much appreciated hit that like button it's the right thing to do i agree it is the right thing to do uh on that now uh we've talked about all that fun stuff and by the way uh mr provino says counter the counter the counter that's that will be this game that counter is counter the it, counter yeah, yeah counter the counter um <laughs> and i i really think the galaxy can do that um and we'll watch them to see if they if they pull that off um Predictions guaranteed to be wrong, Eric. Do you have well, do you have your I, your, your I have my D ratings? Yeah, go for it. D ratings. Be very careful when you Google that. By the way, after you know the conversation somebody, you had last week, somebody was asking me on the <laughs> Discord. They're like, "What, what was that meant? site?" And I'm like, "It's this." But just be careful. Just yeah, if you don't type it in right, that. you could be in trouble. So yes, it's on you. Here we go. Yes. Uh, D ratings has the LA Galaxy with a 47.5 percent chance to win. Close it out. St. Louis with a 27.6. Nope percent chance to win nope. and then a draw with a 24.9 so for whatever reason expansion teams the way the galaxy have been playing the galaxy are pretty heavily favored with 1.58 projected goals for the galaxy and 1.15 projected goals for st louis so again if you're playing the you know those games maybe a 1-1 draw is what you want to go for you look at the money line st louis plus 270 la galaxy minus 115 a draw at plus 310 so they're not really as even though they're projected goals probably land out of like a one, one draw. The draw is not really where you're going to, you know, win a lot of money. They're not predicting a draw. So kind of interesting. The galaxy heavily favored here. So kind of, kind of interesting that they're, they're in the lead against the number um, one, number one team. This again, this they use stupid. Vegas odds. Did they use 538? Like Did they go back on 538 <laughs> site? Is that where they're pulling is D ratings, I'm pulling saying. their stuff from All stuff right, that we'll hasn't updated in June. I'm just, <sighs> I don't know. This is a stupid game. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, like I'm going to lie. Uh, and even if I did, like you would know, um, it, it just, it, I mean, yeah, I feel like the galaxy are going to win the game. It's stupid, yeah, it's, but the, it's, I, 
I just you want to know my logic. Yeah. What's your logic? The galaxy don't have to factor in Vanny winning three in a row. Yeah. This is a new streak they've that's, drawn. That's so right. now they can start another two game winning streak. And so the galaxy win two, one. That's my guess. <sighs> two, one. Yeah. I mean, that's a good call. It's, I mean, it's not going to get crazy. It's not going to be three, two, right? No. It's not gonna be a five. Yeah, I don't goal. think so. This isn't a five. Well, now that you said that, it's nowadays. probably a five goaler. Um, no, I think two, one, I think you're, I think you're on there. It's stupid. This game is stupid because this is the Western conference leaders. They're coming in, they're traveling, they're doing all this stuff. I put international the tr- break, yeah. international break, like all this stuff. I, a lot of it does depend though. Um, and if Douglas Costa is, in it, is playing, I am fully behind the whole, the Galley galaxy win. If he doesn't, I wonder where the goals come from. Um, and I, I worry about the, the fill-ins for Caligari. I worry about the fill-ins. I mean, Aude is going to do fine. I like Aude. Yeah. He's, he's just a different player than, than Raheem Edwards. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, not a steep drop. Yeah, it is. But Aude, Aude's okay. I like him. He's, he's, no, I'm a, saying it's not, oh, it's okay, not it's a not steep, steep drop. drop. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah so not, I don't, and I think they're very even in terms of the defensive side. In fact, I think Aude is a better defensive player. Aude just runs himself into the ground faster than Raheem Edwards. Right. Yeah. And so you get that towards the end of the game Which, that Aude tried to track back is is a tough one which if you're trying to withstand the counter i think audi is maybe a better player in that situation because he's not going to be exposing the defense uh pressing forward as much as raheem does so it could be a positive blessing in disguise we shall see um all right is there anything else that you wanted to get to tonight i think we had a pretty busy night it was Um, yeah yeah we we went long today but we had a good excuse we had some special guests right chat was chat was highly active getting after it so yeah i I think we're good i got nothing else to share i felt like we felt like we did all right and these guys don't even know that there was almost another guest on tonight which (laughs) has so close we were so close so rain check on that one we will get it and it's a good one too so we almost we almost filled it up with two um, yeah, but again, we want to spread it out because right. then you don't you don't want to you know go, go too hard your first time around. So yeah, yeah that's right. We maybe we, we save some other guests for the other way around. But um, per, uh, I said it went well, and I think the chat you know was was pretty happy about it. But I can't wait for tomorrow for everyone to tell us everything that we did wrong. Oh, that's my great. favorite part. Yeah, that's I, my favorite part. Oh yeah. man, we're we're just the <laughs> softest interviewers ever, and blah blah blah, everything else. All right, um, yeah, big thank you to the LA Galaxy and Tom Braun for coming on. Thanks, Vicky Mercado, Kevin Acevedo, uh, and the Galaxy's uh, PR department for for helping us out and getting all that stuff. Uh, certainly appreciate it. And and we're dead serious, by the way. If Tom just wants to save the phone number and call in whenever we say something stupid and he wants to come on, that sounds great. Because yeah. And, and and I'll say this, it is very easy for the LA Galaxy to say no and to not send a representative, right. especially on the week that he's announced, uh, to come on and answer questions and to, you know, g- give opinions and kind of introduce himself to people who may not be familiar. It's very easy to say no. So the fact that he was willing to come on, willing to have the conversation, I think you need to give kudos to that, regardless of how you feel about the situation. You have to give someone standing in front of it. You know, he said the words, seat is not your benefit. So right. everyone who's been saying that since the last time you had a president on and they repeated that line for <laughs> a near decade, he came out and said the opposite. So, OK, maybe let's give a new soundbite. And I, I appreciate Tom coming on and, and the galaxy for for making him available. Say hi to Tom this weekend whenever you're out there on uh, on Sunday. It's great uh, that everybody who's here in the chat room. Certainly appreciate it. Remember, live on Monday and Thursday nights. Uh, that's where you can find us, 8 p.m. right here. Uh, LA Galaxy coming up against St. Louis. That is a 5 p.m. TV start time on MLS Season Pass. 5.09 kickoff time on MLS Season Pass. This one's behind the paywall, so don't come complaining to me. Uh, uh, all right, Eric, tell people where they can find you. Let's get on out of here. 
All right. Since Herb is not here, again, like the video on your way out. we got a lot of people in here. But as always, you can find me on everything at HammerEV9. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and now Threads at HammerEV and the number nine. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, at Galaxy Podcast, at Galaxy Podcast on Threads. Cornerofthegalaxy.com is where you can find all of our videos, all of our stories, all that fun stuff is right there. Cornerofthegalaxy.com. Even some articles up there because, you know. The need has been to write a little bit, which is always fun, too. So check that out whenever you can. YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcast, you can find us. Just type in Corner of the Galaxy. All right. For Mr. Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Vieira, I'm Josh Patogesman. You've been listening. You've been watching to our little Corner of the Galaxy. You guys have a great, great weekend. We'll catch you on Monday. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.